the logistical planning, I think is needs to be more romanticized because mm. it's such a pivotal piece of support for each other in a career. Yeah. I think you're turning on Charlene. <laughs> I mean, just keep going. I know. I'm really into this. <laughs> I'm like, like mm, 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 ooh, yep, yep. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Doing okay. Doing okay. Yeah. We love a love fest. We sure do. Love fests are really... People, people come for these. Yeah, it's they, fun. They want to see how other couples interact, what their dynamic is, how yes. they tick, what makes them tick, rather. And why. And why. Why they are. All the W's, who, mm -hmm. what, where, and when. And we have a very exciting couple today, a couple that actually has been requested for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Special place in my heart because they are both not only Canucks, but from Ontario. But I will first introduce them. We are first joined here by Sarah Nicole and Shane Landry. Sarah is the brains behind the Birds Papaya blog, the Papaya podcast, and at the Birds Papaya on Instagram, all dedicated to the beautiful message of self-love and body positivity. And she's just someone that I simply adore following. There's no way you can look at her content or listen to it and not feel better. So that's thank you for that. And her lovely husband, Shane Landry, he is also Canadian. I think they're in Guelph right now, right? Yeah. Yep. And he is, I don't, I know you're very private. You're not even on Instagram, but you're the director <laughs> of engineering. At not Sustan. on Instagram. I just don't, I don't let people know what his Instagram is because it's so embarrassing. <laughs> I was bugging him and I was like, I, you need to post more on Instagram. Like everyone wants to follow you too. And so he, we were on vacation. He gets up from the conversation, leaves walks away and comes back and he goes, go look at my Instagram. So I pull up his Instagram and he took a, it, it was a post of a like fence post and he tagged post Malone. And I was like, <laughs> your post. And I was like, I will never ask for you to be on social media again. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. I think that's an amazing post. <laughs> okay. So I just learned something new already. I did not know you were on Instagram. And it, honestly, that, that makes me like you. I just, yeah, just as much in a different way. Yes. He, has he has nine posts. He has nine posts. Is he like, on Instagram? I have like 12. He, oh, he's got 12. He has 12 posts. I don't know. That's over the span of six years. So about one a year. I don't even think he's announced the birth of our daughter on there. Like nothing. Yeah, the no. two men here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I think yeah, when everybody I, knows. Every, yeah, when, the two of you have a lot in common. I'm always on Andy's case to post something. Yeah. When I met you, actually, I think the last post I had done was a close-up of two flies screwing. <laughs> that sounds accurate. That sounds about in the genre. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has I mean, a that's news. It is, right? <laughs> so we're gonna get right into it. We're gonna ask you about your relationship, but today's really meant to feel like a conversation, less like an interview. And just, we're just going to yeah. hang out and talk about relationship dynamics. We know that you've told this story before many times, but I would still love for anyone who's not familiar to hear how you met. Yeah. So it is a pretty wild story and I, I tell it in the long version and the short version, I'll tell it in the best way I can. But I essentially was two weeks after I got divorced I was sitting down with my ex-husband as we were kind of discussing the dissolve of our 11-year marriage. And I got this phone call from a friend from high school. And I remember in that moment, it was like such a pivotal decision. Like, do I stay in this conversation with my ex-husband or do I get up and take this call from an old friend? So I got up and I took this call 
from my old friend. And she was like, listen, I am, you know, pregnant. I'm nine months pregnant. I'm about to go on mat leave. And we didn't interview anybody for, to cover my job. And in Canada, you, you leave for a year. Right. Mm. So I, went in for this interview that week. I had no car. I was living at my parents' house. So I borrowed the car, got to this job interview, interviewed there. And they were like, we're not actually interviewing anybody else because we didn't really plan this. Jess just really recommended you. So I ended up getting the job, <laughs> like surprisingly. And so I was sort of the Pam of the office. If you, if you <laughs> can understand like a cubicle setting with a bunch of offices. And I remember Jess, who I was about to cover for, she was introducing everyone around the office. There was about maybe 20, 25 people. And, uh, she pointed out Shane and goes, and that's Shane. And he wears plaid every day. He doesn't wear plaid every day anymore, but at the time <laughs> he wore plaid every day. And I just remember having this overwhelming feeling that he was important. And at that time I had no interest in dating. Like that was, I had never planned to get married again. I was kind of just so exhausted from relationship and like 11 years of relationshiping and getting married at 19 that I had no desire to kind of enter into that. And I just remember feeling like he was going to be important and we really connected. We were such great friends for quite a while um, and he was actually in the tail end of his relationship. So that's essentially how we met. And uh, later the kids kind of wing womaned me a little bit and it really encouraged us to date. And we dated secretly thinking that we were going to lose our jobs. So we dated <laughs> secretly for like a year. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Wow. I love this because it's so old school. Like, yeah. you know, the old days you met at school or work or just you lived yeah. in the same neighborhood. There's just something very organic, organic, mm -hmm. also serendipitous yeah. because your friend, I mean, she played a pivotal role in all this. She did. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure she gets props mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah. So I'm curious, you touched on it a bit with Shane, but what were your first impressions? You know, you, you thought he'd be someone important in your life. Did you feel that way after having had a conversation with him? And this is a his and hers version because Shane, we want to hear you speak and I want to get your version of this story as well. First impression and also part B, how those have changed, if at all. Yeah. I mean, my, I hadn't talked to him yet I, at the point that I saw him and really felt he was important. But then I remember I got invited out to like a work lunch and he was just somebody you have to remember my life is in total shambles and in crisis. And I'm really trying to put a face on for everyone that I'm great. I'm fine. I'm a confident single mom. Like, don't ever worry about me. Everything's good because I didn't want to show weakness in this new job. It was my first career job ever. I was a stay at home mom for 10 years. So, um, divorce really pushed me into having to work. And so I remember just feeling like I really needed to put on such a strong front. And I remember that lunch and he would, he's kind of a jokester and that whole lunch, I just felt so light. And so he does this like card trick at the end of every, like whatever he's paying for something, he does this like trick where he can make the card look at, like it disappeared in air. And I felt <laughs> like that was the first time I laughed in a while that I was like, oh my gosh, that was such a refreshing experience. He just was such a refreshing person for me to be around in the entire work environment, if I'm being honest. And we genuinely just became friends. Like that's, that's just what it was. We were just really good friends right, right off the bat. Was there no part of you that was like a little, there's something kind of flirty here at all? I'm just curious. I definitely tried flirting and Shane was like, 
I'm in a relationship. And I was like, oh, just oh. kidding. <laughs> I'm not flirting. <laughs> also, I'm like the receptionist who is also like quasi HR. And I was like, just kidding. I didn't say anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> me. But that was like before Christmas break. And like, you have to remember, I got divorced like the first week of November. So the fact that I had the audacity to flirt with a boy was like real. Okay. And so we had gone on Christmas break. And I guess during, we hadn't talked in like several weeks. And when we came back, he was, like just kind of sharing that, you know, the relationship was um, sort of at its end and we still didn't date for some time. We just kind of bonded over the fact that we were both going through life change and it, that's a very lonely time to have. And so I had a my best friend at the time who I was working as a server at nighttime as well. She was also going through a breakup. So the three of us started hanging out um, almost always because I wasn't super comfortable being on a one-on-one setting, especially when I was living at my parents' house. And we kind of, was, I was just like, I felt like a teenager again. So I was like, we're just doing group stuff. So we always kind of hung out with a, in a group, especially around the kids. Like there was actually nothing romantic going on at that point. We genuinely were hanging out as friends. Wow. So squeaky clean. Shane, I'm curious to know your first impressions and how those have changed. It was interesting because like, like she said, you know, she was a little bit flirtatious, but I didn't really pick up on it until, <laughs> you know, until it was very obvious. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I was like, you know, this is a new person in the office fun to hang out with we used to like like she said we used to go to lunch together mm-hmm. I mean we hadn't even sh- shaken hands or anything like no. you know it was it was interesting because we had hung out a bunch with like other people from the office and then at some point we I don't, I don't even remember how we actually ended up in a relationship it, it, it was kind of funny because it by just, the time we ended up there yeah I think I met him one time after work and uh I just remember when we finally did it was one night after I finished a shift at my serving job and I came to meet him and that was like the first time we ever like physically touched and like I think I hugged him and then that just sort of sealed the deal in like every physical way possible that one night mm-hmm. wow. and uh then it was like from there it was sort of just dating to see if this was like a real thing for us there was also just a lot of stuff that he was going through a lot of stuff that I was going through and we were just still that foundation of friendship while going through that because I started a lot of fights at the beginning like I wasn't really comfortable being in a really stable relationship yet I didn't really know what that was like and there was just a lot going on so when we finally felt really good about it And you have to remember at this time, my kids are truly wheeling for this. They're just like, do you like Shane? Do you think you like him? Like as more of a friend, do you like, do you think this? Like they were always like, we'd be hanging out in one room and they'd be like poking around the corner. Like, are are you going to kiss? Are you going to do this? So they were just waiting for it. And I think that they were there before we ever really got there. So when we broke the news to them, it was so exciting, but we have talked about it so many times and there's like, besides that moment where we shook hands and like, or gave a hug or whatever it was, like that was maybe the beginning of something romantic, but the relationship progression, there's no like clear defined moment because it was just like, we met and our worlds just, it almost felt magnetic. And that includes the kids. Like everyone was so drawn to each other that it felt very natural. And just, we just, just kept moving. And I was still going through a divorce. He was going through, you know, life change. 
And my kids were still uprooted, uh, living at my parents' house as we all were. And it was just like such a transitional time of life. So it kind of just all connected. It was sort of like this intersection that we just sort of met at. Wow. I love that idea. It's like a perfect like ombre of like, it's like you just were friends and then you were in a relationship that there was no, the transition was so gradual that there was no defining moment. It's Yeah, but that's good. The way that I think the best relationships form often are friendships first. Do you agree? I mean, you have to. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like, and I, and I don't really know Shane's feelings on this, but, you know, to skip ahead, we ended up getting married and having a baby together last beginning of last year. But my pregnancy was very complicated. We weren't allowed to have sex. Uh, my mental health tanked. And then we go into postpartum. Friendship is what has gotten like we came back to that in a time where we didn't get to have like real intimacy in other ways. We came back to like this core friendship. And like even last night when we were going to bed, Shane looked at me and he's like, you are genuinely my best friend. And I think we we've both been married to other people before. We've both been through like big relationships. And to be in a place where you're like, I love you and I have so many like emotional romantic feelings towards you. But at the end of the day, you're my best friend. And it started that way and it continues that way. And that's that. I think it's one thing to love somebody, but to like them is like a whole other thing. So agree. Such a good one. Too many people confuse like passionate love with like lifetime longevity. You can't last lifetime with just passion. Totally. Can't do it. And what I love. Maybe not even like six months. Sometimes (laughs) not even two nights. Well, it's funny how like you talked about that electric moment where you hugged. It was like the first moment where you had any physical contact. And I, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's such a it's such a memorable moment and it's so fleeting, you know, that kind of that first spark, but it really is. I love how in your story, it was just such a small part of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of couples where it's just so much more physicality forward. So I mean, yeah. let's I also honest, Shane did engrave my engagement ring with a rock that we had sex on the location. <laughs> <laughs> so that when my father looked at me and was like, what? this engravement inside there and I'm like it's the location of a date we went on dad because the guy doesn't let up on a good joke oh wow I'm very curious about rock sex that's that's not comfortable yeah we're I was living at my parents house he couldn't come back to my house and I was working a bunch of jobs we just ended up having sex on a rock rock no field nearby no No, like grassy knoll or anything we're not gonna gonna share the court yeah (laughs) we might get arrested <laughs> you know, your story really makes me think of high school in a cute way, like how you hung out in social settings and it definitely was like a high school kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a little bit, right? Yeah, right down to having sex on a rock because you couldn't yep. go to each other's homes. That's great. Yeah. 69, baby. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? 69. June 6th. I mean June 9th. Nice. A little flustered there. Thinking about that 69, huh? Yeah. June 9th is a very important day. It's the most important day. Yes. And we must commemorate it properly. With a very special sale of a product we've been advertising for about a year and a half. The Hello Tushy Bidet is near and dear to our hearts. We love the Hello Tushy Bidet. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I cherish it. It's like a pet (laughs) that actually cleans up for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, June 9th, yes. 6 9. Yes. Now, seriously, though, let's think about this. 6 9 is, you know, 
it's something adults can do if they choose to. It's a delightful activity. Yeah, and this a is a time, if you will. Yeah, and this is a relationship podcast where we're yeah. all adults. We yeah. all know what we're talking yeah, about. We, we can talk about six nine. Yeah, and mouths are put places. And I'll tell you something. If someone said to me, Andy, I got a four o'clock appointment today for a six nine, and I'm just like, well, okay. Do you have any other details? And they said, well, the person you're sixty nineing with uses a Hello Tushy bidet. Oh. I got no anxiety. So once I have that info, I'll run in there like a bull in Pamploma. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I would be more interested in that situation if I knew that yeah. my partner in crime used a Hello Tushy bidet. Well, well, let me ask you this. Let's say someone brings you a dish, like a, a plate of pancakes. Mm. And, and then you look at your pancakes, you say, oh, excuse me, waiter, there seems to be some feces on my pancake. <laughs> I was like, oh, hold on, I'll fix that. And they take a... <laughs> They take a napkin out and they just they just, just give it a little wipe. Just wipe it up. I think I don't see anything else. I don't see it anymore. Yeah. I think you're good. I don't see it. And therefore, isn't it's that the gone. test? I don't see it. Yes. I don't see it. So you're fine. <laughs> so the Hello Tushy bidet is a bidet that you affix to your existing toilet with no special plumbing. <laughs> Amazing invention. Magic. I wish I thought of this. Yeah. Well, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you buy it. And you can get it today, only today, June 9th, a day which we will all be celebrating mm -hmm. in the traditional sense, yes. the way we have always done it. Yeah. You can get it today only for 30% off. Yes. This is, by the way, the first major Hello Tushy sale we've had in a year and we've a half. We've been advertising Hello Tushy for 17 years. <laughs> And this is the first time I've seen a major sale. Yeah. You know why? Because it's so good. You don't need to sell it. That's They don't true. need to put a sale on yeah. it. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. The company that's like, we don't need to put our product on sale because it's already so well-priced. Yeah. The company that's like, you know, we're going to do this for, for fun on 6 9 I mean, you Don't you want to be a part of that company? I couldn't agree more. So give the gift of a clean bum on June 9th. That's today. 6 9 Go to hellotushy.com slash shanty and enter promo code 6 9 using letters S-I-X-N-I-N-E to get 30% off your purchase of two Hello Tushy bidets or more. Again, that's hellotushy.com slash shandy. Andy, I'm wearing this color in honor of the product we're about to advertise. Oh, that is exactly yep. the feels color. It is the feels color. Wow. And we're big feels fans. Mm -hmm. we, feel it. Yeah, we're feeling feels always. In case you're new, feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your door. And we've learned a lot about CBD since getting acquainted with feels, actually, because we learned that all CBD is not created equal. Absolutely. CBD at feels is tested, tried and true. And you can speak to someone who knows everything about how they test it. And also dosage. You can literally talk to a human being. This cannot be undersold, underestimated, under... What's the word I'm looking for? Underappreciated? Sure. All, all of D, all of the above. What's the word? Undervalued? I'm, sure. Underemphasized. Okay. Yeah. Is sure. that not the one you're looking Not for? what I was looking for, but it's all... It's F, all of the above, because... Yeah. Nowadays, is it's really... F all the above? I think D is all the above. Well, because we did around five or six, five. Oh, <laughs> we're keeping track. Nice. <laughs> because it's really tough to talk to a human nowadays. And with CBD, it's nice to know exactly what dosage would help you best. And you know what else I love about Feels is it comes in mints and oil. Yes. And I love... Okay, like I know the oil. Yes, we all know the oil is so great. You can put it under your tongue and be really specific about dosage, but... Being a person who's on the go and likes to throw things in her purse, 
And also, I just have a sort of oral fixation. I like having like mints and things in my mouth. I love their mints. Mm-hmm. They're so handy. Yeah, they're they're really good. Like you could really eat a bunch of them. <laughs> Be super, super zen. Super zen. And we should briefly talk about what feels does for us, because I've said before that it eases, you know, those little moments where you're feeling a little bit on edge, a little bit anxious. It just sort of calms you ever so slightly. And that's especially helpful at nighttime if you are a poor sleeper like myself. So start feeling better with feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash Shandy and you'll get 50, five zero percent taken off your first order plus free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash Shandy to become a member. And get 50% automatically taken off your first order plus free shipping. Feels.com slash Shandy. Okay, I'm curious to know how you two complement each other. We love adjectives here. So if you mm-hmm. want to use some personality traits, go at it. Do you want to go? Yeah, you, no, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I have a beard and she doesn't. <laughs> by the way, very nice beard, by the way. Excellent, yeah. excellent <laughs> work. Excellent. So I would say a couple of different things. Shane's really, uh, I'm a very emotionally driven person and Shane's a very science-based person. So when I get really uh, caught up in emotions, he'll often remind me of facts. And that mm. has always been really helpful he grounds me in a lot of ways and he's not combative. So when at the beginning of our relationship, when I kind of felt a little wild and stuff, there was this, there was a lot of calming aspects that he had for me. Um, But I will say that we are very similar in personality. So we rarely have conflict. We just rarely have issues that way. But when we do have conflict, it feels like the worst feeling in the world. Cause it's like you, I hate being, on the opposite side of where he is. So that that's, we've only ever had a few fright fights and it's always like sucked because we don't know what to do with it. Mm. We are very similar. We have very similar type of humor. He makes me laugh at a lot of stuff and we like the same types of TV shows for the most part, but like, let, and the same types of food. Let's let's be it's real. Like makes important. up a lot of your Very oh, important. Yes. We talk about it all the time. We do, yeah. do talk about this TV all the time. and food. If you, do, if you differ on TV and food, what else is there? How much <laughs> of life is left? The pandemic taught us not a lot. Like there's yeah. not a lot else. Not much. Yeah, no, we have, we just have very similar, um, on like very similar, um, ideas for things, the way we want to raise our daughter and the other kids. Like we're just very, we're very much on the same page with like pretty much everything. So, but I would say ultimately it's the fact that when I'm stressed out, he can always make me laugh. And that's just probably the best compliment ever. I don't know what you would say for me though, because I feel like a tornado. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I I feel like I don't, I'm not like super intentional about like giving compliments unless they're Mm. Um, that's true it doesn't have uh, to be a compliment though it could just be like i'm i'm x and she's y well i i think sarah's incredibly sweet she has like a very very positive outlook on the world um i think you know she's very smart um she it's interesting because i'm i work online i work in marketing and sarah has a very good head for that better than I do mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that she doesn't work in in that that space mm-hmm. so um yeah I think you know she's a great mom good partner <laughs> good friend yeah we both have careers too so like <laughs> it's it's tough to find 
to not be one of us in a support role. Does that make sense? Like a lot of times in relationships, you have one person who has a career and one person has a support and we're both the career people. So we are constantly, one of my favorite things is like when we go on a date, we almost always have to talk logistics. Mm -hmm. And that sounds, that sounds so unromantic, but for me, it's like, you love me enough to make sure that our schedules are working out, that both of us are being supported this week in this schedule. It's to me, hands down, like how you, how I feel the most love. Oh, oh my God. When you just said that doesn't sound romantic. I was like, I think it sounds romantic. <laughs> so romantic. When you talk logistics to me, I'm like, oh God, like I can feel the Send weight lifting. Invite. Yeah. Like that, the ounces oh. one by one coming off my yeah. own shoulders of just yes. logistics. It's, it's boring and unglamorous, but it's what gets you from point A to point B. And well, it's how you accomplish you the rest of your life, right? Like Thank I have you. to travel for work more than Shane does. And, or like, sometimes he does as well. And to know that, like, when I leave and do something, I don't for a second feel like I don't, that things are going to fall apart. I'm, I'm very aware that he has fully got everything and that we've logistically worked it all out to make sure it functions. This is, these are four kids, three of them who are like now teenagers and a baby. And we have to trade off and make so much work within these now six very big schedules. Hmm. And so to have somebody who doesn't just like leave that on my plate, but Uh. is genuinely willing to be like, let's see how, like, I'll do this drop off. I'll do this pickup. Let's see how this works out. Make sure that one of us has dinner made like that. The the logistical planning, I think is needs to be more romanticized Mm. because it's such a pivotal piece of support for each other in a career. I think you're turning on Charlene. (laughs) I mean, just keep going. I know. I'm really into this. <laughs> I'm like, like mm, 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 yep, yep. Oh, yeah. It. I think it is extremely romantic. And I feel yeah. like 10 years ago, I might not have said that. But well into my 30s, let me tell you, yeah. when you plan something mm-hmm. for me or just Ooh, like, yeah. oh, it's the That's best. Sweet, sweet planning. It you is the that. best. Yeah. I, I love that I, I like getting things planned for me, too. <laughs> I don't know if it turns me on sexually, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> Have you guys tried Gantt charts? Ooh. What's that? <laughs> what is that? For project management. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> project management. I oh, mean, my that also sounds romantic <laughs> to me. Okay. So what was an early hurdle in your relationship and how did you overcome it? Uh, do you want to say one or do you want me to say one? I mean, I got some... I got some big ones. In All right, you go area. for it. I actually don't. It'll be. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Shane has the worst memory. I do have a bad memory. Now. Oh, so do you. <laughs> yeah, I have bad memory. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Just even your reaction to that question. Some couples like are like, oh, we both know what the hurdle was, like the, um. and then like, with a capital H, basically. And you guys are like, do you want to say one or do you or do you want me to say one? It's interesting. I'm curious to see. I want to hear you each say one and see if it's the same okay. one. Yeah. On three. Um, <laughs> one, two, three, go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, I'll, I know one for sure is me. I was, you know, never diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I definitely had an eating disorder at the beginning of our relationship. And he had to kind of watch me go at my, like start at my lowest. And a big part that was like starting to, trigger a lot of my eating disorder issues was coming to grips with him having exes that didn't look like me. And I got like obsessive about being, this sounds so disordered. Um, and it is, but I was so obsessed with being the smallest girlfriend he'd ever had. And Mm -hmm. that was uh, like one of those things that not only was I removing myself 
from joy and opportunity in our relationship. But he finally was like, he, he actually, you were very supportive, but I'm going to call it a hurdle because I didn't really, I would never drink wine at dinner. I rarely could eat anywhere out. I had like so much control over the way I was eating and exercising that it was such a huge part of my world that he almost was like struggling to fit in Mm -hmm. that when I started to get better, he very much was like, I'm so glad we get to, he never really like made big mentions of it, but just was like, I'm so glad that we get to eat together. I'm really glad we're enjoying this glass of wine. Like he was encouraging me through food Mm -hmm. and eating and experiences as opposed to doing the math in my head about how much I was eating, keeping me in the moment, keeping me in the experiences and valuing that Mm -hmm. over what I weighed. So, and, and the other part was in the, all the years I've known him and boom with him. And after, you know, the baby and everything swinging 50 pounds in weight, he has to this day, never made a comment about my body or my weight once. And Mm -hmm. that needs to be like, like for somebody in recovery. And like, he didn't know what I was going through at the beginning to have him never make a comment about my body. And sometimes you want that. You'll be like, do I look good in this? You'd be like, you always look amazing. Or like, he'll compliment me when I'm in sweats, just as much as he'll compliment me in a dress. Like, just like, you look so great. And like, I love you so much, but like, it's never, it's never been body focused. So I feel over time it's chipped away at, um, my insecurities, especially at the beginning, I wore like a full t-shirt in the bedroom, walked backwards out of every room. And slowly now I'm just like, oh, I gave birth in front of him, like naked so, <laughs> you know, like, in our living room. So you kind of get to this point where it just has been such a freeing part of intimacy. So I would say that for me, it's probably been one of the biggest hurdles that he really supported me on. Oh my God. Wow. That was beautiful. such a beautiful answer. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that was just a beautiful answer. Okay. I, I have no words. So Shane, let's hear, let's hear yours. Or do you have the same perspective on that? I mean, I, I never found that to be a hurdle in our relationship. It was, mm-hmm. it was just part of who you were, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I don't feel like we've had many like real hurdles in our relationship. It's been a lot of little I would, small things. Right? I would say there's one that you always remind me of and how I rob myself of experiences because of your past. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's not a hurdle though still, but yeah, she does tend to not want to do things that I may have experienced my exes oh he's a serial monogamous so i'm like the fifth major relationship he's been in so that messes with me so if he like talks about a concert i'd be like who did you go that with and i'd be like i don't want to listen to this song anymore and who did you watch the movie with (laughs) we're not watching it anymore like i was just like it's one of those things about meeting somebody you love in your 30s and having to grapple with them having an entirely different life before you yeah a a rich history and hopefully because it usually means that they can commit and they've learned a lot about themselves i think having a a rich history makes you a better partner it Mm. does but you're going for more continuing the high school theme you wanted this to (laughs) be the first relationship well for me it almost was because i got married at 19 so my last experiences were high school ones so when i came back into dating i didn't i hadn't dated in you know 13 years so i went back to almost that high school type of mentality and you several times like over the years have been like you're not robbing me of the experience you're robbing yourself so Ah. yeah it's true though i mean like if you let other people steal your joyful moments from you because you know you're not with them or they didn't like it or what like why they, they, they just keep winning mm-hmm. yeah you gotta, you gotta just enjoy yourself 
some and you got to take away those things that you those good things that you had in past relationships too because it wasn't it wasn't all bad it just mm-hmm. seems that way at the end yeah. right of course there, there were good things in there and and we're all different people based on the relationships that we had previously mm-hmm. Sarah then you struggled you would say then with jealousy at the beginning would, would you call it jealousy mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, you know, over the years has been a very, I don't, I really struggle with uh, emotions of anger. Like when I get angry, I'm uncomfortable because I don't know how to be angry. Mm -hmm. And same with jealousy. I don't really know where to put it. So when I have somebody who's an intimate partner and I have not really gotten used to managing my jealousy, which now I actually, we joke about this all the time. We go out and somebody like hits on him. I'm like, yes, (laughs) love this because then I'm like, I'm the one who gets to go home with you. Like I get off on that now. No, same. Oh my God. I relate to this. Right. But there's something about jealousy that at the time felt very insecure and chaotic. And now that I'm really, I think, trust the relationship and understand myself more and feel a lot more secure in myself, that it has changed the way I view jealousy. And it's something that I really enjoy as twisted as that sounds, because it's not twisted here. You are talking to the right people. (laughs) As time goes on in a relationship, normally things fizzle out. So when I get jealous, and in any setting in life, whenever I'm jealous, it reminds me what I want and what I should be working towards. So when I feel jealous of even a moment or something, I'm like, it's because I actually want time with him. It's because I want experiences with him. My jealousy is actually pointing me in the direction of where I want to go and who I want to be with. So when I have those feelings of like, I I don't even, it needs to be a different word when somebody like hits on him, like, and I like get off on that. I it's jealousy, but it's more of like the redirection of like, I actually have this, like I'm jealous, but I enjoy it because it's mine or that I'm the one who gets to like be with him. There's, there's a, there's a gratitude factor of jealousy that's really driven me. But like in career stuff before, when I would compare myself to other people, it would, it would almost like overtake me in the comparison now, where now I can look at it and be like, I'm jealous. And like, I respect the hell out of what they're doing. And it's really showing me something that I want to, and it's really showing me something that I think is exciting or pointing me in that direction. So I've really learned to channel jealousy, but I definitely had a toxic relationship with jealousy for quite some time. That's, that's a, what that's great growth. Answer. Yeah. Wow. We, we've talked about on several podcasts. Yes. We've talked about how jealousy can be used in relationships as a positive good. Yeah. If you I, see I it call the right it way. Harnessing jealousy. Harnessing jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Harnessing, it's like a, wild, it's a wild stallion. You got it. It's, it's bucking and you know, it's all over the place, but you got to You just got to tame it. Yeah. And then you can use it to your advantage. Yeah. You can use it for a lifetime of seeing your partner the way you first saw them, which is really hard to hold on to when you've been together for years. And also as a separate entity. Yes. Most importantly. An individual. Because you start to become just like one unit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that can be very, sometimes not very sexy. Yeah. (laughs) But once they're on the outside, then they're separate. Yeah. Separate is good to some degree. Yeah. At least figuratively. Have you ever mm-hmm. read um, the book Mating in Captivity? No. Oh, it's, I forget the author. It's shame on me. But it's basically about, you know, well, having a life together, what that looks like and how everyone sort of like melds into one and has the same interests and does everything together yeah. and how that tends to kill the sexual drive. But the key to it is really to have that small chasm between you where you are individuals. And Mm -hmm. I do think exactly what you're talking about is that it's witnessing that he is his own self and 
other people are going to find him attractive, which yeah. renews your interest, of course, because you're like, sweet, I have that. But it also is a reminder that he's his own person. He's yeah. not yeah. you. You're not the same. It's so interesting. Anyway. It's like viewing them in a different setting. Um, you know, when you watch them, I, as much as it also turns me on to see him like doing the dishes or play with the baby, those things are like my day-to-day expected kind of thing. So when you see somebody in an unexpected type of setting, like I, when we used to work together, it was when I get to watch him like run a meeting in the boardroom and I'd be just like staring from across <laughs> the office. It was like watching them in an entirely different setting than what you know intimately that really does remind you of like that person that really drew you in in the first place it's just one of my favorite one of my favorite feelings two things i want to add to this i remember the author it's esther perel just so that people don't come after me (laughs) the second thing is just one more more, one more anecdote on what you're talking about sarah is there there have been times when andy's been out at a bar and he's like someone hit on me and i'll be like oh my god like so excited i'm like what did she look like what was she wearing where at the bar were you sitting like what angle did she come yeah. like I want to want to visualize the entire situation and remember that yeah. he's his own autonomous yeah. attractive being capable yes. of being hit on yeah. yes well I think it comes down to like this key component that has really helped me feel safe in our relationship and um and that's that it comes down to choice right we both have been divorced. We understand that divorce is on the table. Divorce is always an option. It's been an option for us in the past. So when you're in a relationship that you wake up and choose it every single day, Mm. when you watch them be hit on, and yet, you know, they come home with you. That is like, it's watching yourself choose the relationship over and over and over again. And we have for the last, I mean, for the most of our marriage, we've been in a pandemic and uh, I, you know, had my lovely season of pelvic rest. We chose this we we wake up and we choose each other because we know divorce is always on the table too and not like it's a threatening beast around us but it's a reality of what happens if um you know a relationship fails so for me it's always made me feel so free in the relationship that every day i know that he fully wakes up and chooses this relationship and i know i do too because we both know that relationships can end Oh, that's great. God, you're good at this, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have a beautiful blog post about that, actually, about how the awareness that divorce actually is an option in a way strengthens it. It, it feels sort of counterintuitive, but it was so beautifully put because you said in your first marriage, divorce didn't wasn't an option. That's not how you saw it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how I, you know, that's how it was always presented to me, not by my parents, but I guess from maybe religious settings where it was sort of divorce is not an option. You work everything out, which kind of brings you into the same conversation of like marriage is hard. And and when you say marriage is hard to somebody, you have no idea what their heart is. So, Mm -hmm. and I know this to be true that nobody gets divorced without a reason. And I don't talk about my reason openly because I do have these three beautiful children and I, and I co-parent with my ex And so while I don't have to openly talk about that, why I know firsthand, nobody gets divorced for no reason. Like nobody just chooses that because it's just convenient or it's fun or they're looking for something new and exciting. It it, it was a necessary choice, right? So just as necessary has been us choosing this relationship every single day with intentionality, with love for each other, love as action over love as feeling. Because if you drive your relationship 
Um, the same way I treat the relationship I have with my body. If I drive that waiting on feeling all the time, I'm probably not going to be very successful because overall it comes down to the choices we make and how we show up and love that love as an action. And so that for me has been, I don't know, I think coming from divorce, coming from um, knowing what it takes to have something go wrong and feel like you can't get out of it because divorce isn't an option. There's nobody was really divorced in my family. So I felt so much shame around divorce Mm. that now being on the other side, I'm like, no, divorce is always going to be an option. But like, I, I think we'll be like 95 and still together. Like I have confidence and trust and faith. And I took those vows seriously But I also am very aware that um, the knowing that there is a choice makes me feel more intentional and more safe in this relationship. Yeah. Yeah, So well put. Uh, So I actually did have that question on here because it is the second marriage for both of you. Do you think other than what you just described that having been married before changed your outlook on just dating in general? And also, did you find it at all to be a relief that you had that in common? I would say for me, it, it didn't because um, it changed my outlook because I, I didn't want it to. Like, I didn't uh, want to, I didn't want to let it ruin. Like I said before, I don't want anybody to steal my happiness mm. after the relationship is over. So, you know, the the circumstances of, of my divorce were were not good ones. Um, but I didn't want to take, I didn't want to bring that insecurity with me into a new relationship. So I chose to hit the reset button and, and say like, this is a different person. This is a new experience. I'm going to experience this. I'm going to fully without allowing, I mean, you know, there's, I, like I said before, you do change through, um, different relationships, but I don't think I wanted to take any of those negative experiences with me, only the positive ones. Mm. Wow. I think for me, I think there was um, like, he had had other relationships after his divorce and before me. So there was that, I guess, part of me that understood that our relationship was different, but I don't, I genuinely didn't want to get married again. I was so exhausted of relationship. And there was part of me at first that was like so salty that I met this guy, like right after getting a divorce. I'm like, I thought I was going to have like a few years of like fun and like (laughs) playing the field, making up for lost time. (laughs) Yeah. I did get to live on my own for a little while. And that was like, I remember buying pink sheets for like in my first, like, you know, buying, like, I just wanted a space that was my own. I had gotten married married moving out of my parents' house the first time. So I didn't want to just like keep transitioning into other people's homes. So I really had to find myself. And I think what was so special and so different is that Shane really encouraged my independence as the relationship was growing. So I didn't feel like I was losing myself into it, which sort of changed the way I I viewed how marriage was going to be. I didn't have this fear of like getting locked down or like this fallen chain. I felt very free to do whatever it was that I was wanting to pursue and be a part of, but just with somebody that could be alongside me as a supportive person. That's not the way I saw marriage in before and so it was truly like I to me I almost have to somewhat take a new lens to everything so if I think about it it's like 
how you can talk about one job or like, I know marriage is not a job, but like, if you were taking, you know, someone's talking about their career jobs or career paths, like there's so many different ways that can go. And marriage is often just put into this like one capsule of like what marriage is. Mm-hmm. And there's like all this generic advice for it, mm-hmm. but it's so singular because it's so it's two individuals that are like meshing into this relationship. And I think that I really I, I kind of chalked marriage up to be something I didn't want to be a part of, mm-hmm. but I guess through my relationship with Shane and realizing that relationships in themselves can be entirely different with entirely different people. It just rebuilt my, a new lens to what I think a marriage could have been. And now I, I honestly sometimes have to wake up and remember how different it was and, and, see it now and how almost before marriage felt like a train off its tracks that you were just trying to push. And then when we kind of got together, it was like the train on the tracks, everything kind of moves easily. And I had never experienced anything like that before. And so I really needed to have an experience with someone new in order to trust that was even, even to witness to see that being possible. Uh, God, she gives a good answer. Sarah, you should have a podcast. You ever think of that? I do. Great, great idea. Definitely do. <laughs> that is such a good answer. It's a great answer. I feel like the train off its tracks analogy. Mm-hmm. First of all, she's stealing your analogy yeah, thunder, Andy. That's, that's you got my department, but it's it okay. You can have... I love an analogy. I need analogies in order to understand life and situations. Like Thank analogies you. make more sense to me than real life. Like all the yes. time, I, I constantly analogies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Andy ha- usually has an analogy for everything, but you're yeah. stealing his thunder. Yeah, I'm just sitting back on the. I'm yeah. in the cut here. <laughs> she, it's over. hard to beat everything she's saying, but it's so true. It train off its tracks and you're kind of like, I guess, you know, I, I think that this is what it's supposed to be like. So I'll just keep pushing and hope that it, this is, I can survive or make it passable. And it's amazing how, when you find something that feels forever, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel what we have is forever. It's like fun. Like we sometimes look at each other and we're like, how funny and hilarious is that this is what our marriage is. Like we can do whatever we yeah. can make our marriage, whatever we want it to be. We're too. Yeah, it, feels like we're, it feels like we're cheating. We're getting like a, a somehow a cheat. And I also feel like when people talk about marriage being work, I don't like that. I think that's wrong. I don't think marriage is work. I don't think relationships are work. I think there's compromise in marriage for sure. And there's compromise in relationships when you, but when you start thinking about it as work, I think there might be an issue. Mm. Yeah. And I I think there's individual work. I think we all have to work on ourselves. If I, if I needed to work on myself, that's for me to work on. And I think a lot of things that potentially could have gone wrong in our relationship or maybe had made it hard would be the things that I didn't work on for myself. But independently, I think we both own our own stuff. Like we own our own roles and what we need to be doing. And we're very open to having very real conversation. Uh, When we first went for like marriage counseling, which was like a required thing before we got married um, in this church, they, um, we like had to do all these like questionnaires and stuff like that. And the pastor was like, I've never had a couple score higher. You guys must talk about a lot of things. He's like, Sarah likes to talk about everything. Like we don't like end of the end of the day. I'm like, what are you thinking about life? And how do you feel about this? And I really love to talk about feelings because I think it's really comes down to individual work to make something like a marriage work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you touched on it briefly. You said you don't have much conflict, but it's time for Andy's yeah. favorite question. Yeah, I love, love this that. question because I think it's the heart of relationships. How do you guys fight and resolve conflict? Mm. Mm, it usually 
Starts with a passive aggressive comment. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Wait, by whom? Wait, uh, both of us. Uh, we are, yeah. yeah, we're very much the same. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then and then it's like, oh, what does that mean? And then, <laughs> and then it's 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 usually like one or two sentences, and then yeah. it's like, oh, sorry. To be honest, I oh, think it takes a lot of like emotional maturity to know when you're wrong. And that's the one thing I think we're both really quick at admitting is like, you're right. I actually was wrong there. I'll like, that's got to be better. Or things like if something's bothering Shane, he's very good to tell me before it gets bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, he doesn't he let it that stew. I put the garbage outside the like put it into the garage, but not into where it's supposed to go in the garage. Reasonable, really, reasonable. Really bothers him. It doesn't bother there. me. It doesn't <laughs> bother me. But now when yeah. I am putting stuff out into the garage, I'm like, oh, I hate that I have to take like five more steps, but I take them because I know that bothers him. And so those fights did something. Those, those five steps are true love right there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's compromise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our equivalent of that is me leaving glasses of cold beverages on wood. Oof. Andy, Andy doesn't like yeah, that. No he said that coasters wood. exist for a reason. I don't respect wood. Apparently, no, does not. And the other one the irony is irony of you having a glass like glasses right. <laughs> this well, isn't our wood, so yeah. we can't disrespect it. But no, these are these are um, warm room temperature. Yeah. Okay, then yeah, we're good. No condensation it. happening it's, here. And the humidity is very low as well. So. It's different when it's not his wood. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't respect all wood, but I respect my <laughs> wood. Okay, so I'm really impressed with the resolving of conflict. It sounds super mature. How much do you think you having met in your 30s? Sarah, you were already 30 by then, right? I'm 37. So when you met, you were already past 30. I was 31 or 32. Oh. I think I got divorced at 30. No. Yeah. Cause I was married for 11 years. Oh, so I was right. like 31 or 32 when we started dating. I'm 37 now. So do you think that meeting in your thirties at all played a role in just the emotional maturity? The fact that so quickly after the passive aggressive comments, someone can be like, you know what? You're right. We both hate fighting. I know that we're really don't like it. So I think we're both looking for conflict resolution as quickly as possible. And keep in mind, like I caused a lot of fights at the beginning of our relationship because I really liked being validated. And when I was feeling insecure, I would start a fight so I could hear him tell me he loved me. Really toxic, great <laughs> red flag. <laughs> but he at one point like sat me down and was like, this, you really can't do this. But he, it was a lot of my own like addiction to drama because I, I come from such instable environment. I didn't know how to be in a stable relationship. So I made more sense for me to, instead of being like, Hey, I love you. And like wanting love, like to receive that love back. I would just be like, I'll start a fight. Like I, I didn't consciously do it, mm -hmm. but I was starting fights because I wanted to feel validated and secure in the relationship. So we did have a lot of spats in the beginning of the relationship and it was like, it broke his spirit every time it happened. And finally we had this like really honest conversation about not wanting to have a relationship like that. And uh, ever since then, I've just been really working towards conflict resolution. Like instead of who is wrong in every single moment, like how do we actually resolve this? And a lot of times it just comes down to figuring out what's going to work and how it's going to work next. And I think being in a being in a pandemic the last two years, it's like being in a washing machine and like seeing what dirt comes out. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, definitely figured out a lot in the last couple of years and 
genuinely, I was a little bit terrified to be in a pandemic with a very new husband, but it's probably been really like probably the best for us. Like our conflict resolution just got like quicker and quicker and quicker because it had to, we were trying to manage a household with three kids at the time and, uh, and get through a pandemic. So we didn't have room for much more than that. Yeah. And at some point too, you kind of like figure out what things are, can't be resolved in it. You know, Mm. you have to be, you have to be comfortable with people aren't perfect and people have imperfections Mm -hmm. and you need to love people and their imperfections. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, Sarah, I'm glad you touched on that because I was curious because in the beginning, Shane, you said I'm not good at giving compliments just because they're prompted, like, cause it's not authentic in the moment. And she's, she struggled with jealousy and would sort of pick fights in the beginning. So it goes to show what a healthy partnership it is that despite that side of Shane's personality that you you, you found your way there anyway. You didn't, it wasn't actually the validation you needed. I suppose the lesson here is that it never is. Right. And like, as a relationship has gone on, like a lot of it came down to me just trusting his sentiments, like trusting his words. Like when he tells me he loves me, I need that to be fact. Like I needed that to be real. And then once I really was able to grasp that and no longer seeking these like outward constant expressions, I realized that they were, they were subtly there every single day. He starts almost every single day by kissing me on the shoulder while I'm getting ready. Like every single day he was like showing love. And I just was like looking for these like big, I don't even know what they were. Like, I think there's part of fighting that, you know, people joke about how good the makeup sex is, but Mm. I we're both at a point in our lives and with everything that we want stability, we want comfort. We want a partner, not something that is chaotic and um, combative so that we feel like it's real or that it's passionate or anything. There were so many moments that I was missing because I was looking for these big splashy moments and they were happening at every single turn of my entire life. I just wasn't seeing them. It's it's interesting because you were really learning on the go because your first relationship was super long, but it was also not super great. It wasn't. And and, and it was just one. So you kind of learned on the go fast. And that's a very common mistake to make in early relationships is to have these fights that are creating drama. Like you want that drama you want to elevate it somehow artificially but that doesn't get you anywhere yeah she's a fast learner yeah because yeah having been married i also think he just didn't entertain at some point like (laughs) once he sat me down and was like this isn't gonna happen like we're not going in this cycle over and over i don't even know if you remember this but he doesn't remember um but now like if i were to if i were to be spicy with him or something like he'd be probably pretty quick now to be like "Hmm, that was a little bit rude or or realize that it's not a serious thing and like check in if there's something else going on and same with him like if he's sort of short with me I, I have to remember now, it's likely not that he's mad at me. I have to stop coming to this conclusion that maybe he's mad at me. Maybe something's going on at work. Maybe he's not feeling well. Yeah. Likely it's not always mad. about like, you, as they say. It's not always about me. And yeah. so I think showing up, um, not so much focused on how this person is reacting to me, but how are they doing? Like, how are they as a person? And we just, I think that's a big thing now is where we very much view each other as people that need independent support. So if it's not always about me, then that's a little bit easier to see, right? Not constantly taking offense to their quiet or their struggles and, and making it about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Andy, we are on the road again, mm-hmm. as evidenced, I think, by this stone fireplace. 
Mm. If in case anyone was wondering, we're not in our apartment. We were just hiding this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a stone fireplace. And no, as lovely sadly. as this is, we did have to give up something major to be here mm. to, for mm. this fireplace. And that is our cozy earth sheets. And sleep is not the same. It's not. Not as cozy. Not as dry. <laughs> not as cooling. Andy's night sweats are back. Everyone knows. <laughs> You don't have to tell them again. Everyone knows about Andy's night sweats by now. So we love our cozy earth sheets because they are made with viscose from bamboo, which is more sustainable than cotton. It's ultra, ultra, ultra soft. It's inexplicable Mm -hmm. how the hardest natural substance that grows out of the earth can be so soft. Yes. It's incredible. And speaking of making a difference in your life, Andy. I will not leave home with very few things. Mm. And this is one of them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when I'm on that trip to the airport, mm-hmm. always halfway Which, to the Which, by the way, Andy has a real anxiety about forgetting stuff. Like you often reason. are in the car to the airport like, oh, I forgot X or Y or Z. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm anxious about it for which it happens yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. But at the top of that list mm. is my cozy earth pants. Yes. No joke. And you know what? It's actually crazy. I'm not just saying this because this is an ad. They still look brand new. They're still black. You know how black sometimes fades when you wash it, which is a big peeve of mm-hmm. mine because then it's not really black anymore. It's like a dark, dark charcoal. And you're like, ah, uh, I can no longer wear it as a black item. However, those are black as the day they arrived in the mail. Also, they don't look like they've been worn. Yeah. Forget about the color. Mm-hmm. They just don't look worn. And I'm telling you, I have put these through a torture test. Yeah. I challenge anyone to wear these more than I've worn them. Yeah. And actually, when I think about it, they would make a killer Father's Day gift. Every father would appreciate this. Yeah. What father doesn't want to lounge around the house in a cozy pair of pants? Yeah. It doesn't make him look like... Frumpy. Yeah. Yeah. A father. (laughs) (laughs) So our audience can save 35% on Cozy Earth, but hurry, this offer ends soon. Don't wait. Go to CozyEarth.com and enter promo code SHANDY to save 35%. That's a solid savings. Solid. That's C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H, CozyEarth.com, promo code SHANDY. So Andy, there are pros and cons to traveling as often as we do. Pros are changing landscapes, I think. Mm -hmm. Variety. Oh, yeah. But con is different climates, maybe affecting your skin, on your face, or body. Or, yeah, I mean... Different water in different cities, different air. (laughs) Different foods. Different foods, yes. You don't have your same old reliable routine to rely on. And that's why a really good skincare routine can make all the difference. Apostrophe. Apostrophe is prescription skincare delivered directly to your door. You go to the online questionnaire, upload photos of your skin, and just type in your concerns. And a real board-certified dermatologist will review your information and prescribe you prescription skincare, which is just a mind-blowing advance. I think in the world of dermatology, you no longer have to physically go to the dermatologist. You no longer have to make an appointment. Yes. You no longer have to pay yes. a legitimate doctor's visit price. We never talk about that enough. The cost of going to the dermatologist is no joke. And you and I, by the way, got different prescriptions oh, when yeah. we did this. Yeah. Which I think is very telling. we have very different skins. Yeah. And it goes to show that it really is personalized mm-hmm. based on what other products you're using, what your skin can handle. I've been very vocal about the fact that I use prescription tretinoin and Andy was brand new to it. So he got a smaller dose. And I love that niacinamide is mixed in there. Mm-hmm. This is for the skincare 
enthusiasts yeah, out everybody there. Everybody loves niacinamide. Everyone right. loves niacinamide. That's, that's the money ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's not only for the face. It's also chestney, backney, and buttney. Yep. All the places where you could get a little bit of acne, mm -hmm. you could get a prescription for that. So we have a very special deal for our audience, the Shandies. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider when you go to apostrophe.com slash Shandy. This offer is only available to our listeners. To get started, go to apostrophe.com slash Shandy and click begin visit. Then use our code Shandy at sign up to get your first visit for only $5. Damn. What costs five dollars anymore? Nothing. Nothing costs five dollars. Mm -hmm. That's a p o s t r o p h e dot com slash shandy. And use that code shandy to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for only five dollars. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. Okay. Before we get to the game, I have to touch on the fact that you are parents to four beautiful children. You have Lemmy, who's about almost a year and a half. Your daughter? Yeah, together? I hate to say that. Yeah, I guess she <laughs> does that freak you out. <laughs> Sounds yeah. old, right? Yeah. Okay, I want to know how parenting plays a role in your relationship with each other. Like, I'm, I'm sure it enriches it in some way, but if you could attempt to articulate how. And then also, I'm curious, Shane, to know what it was like to sort of grow into becoming a father figure to, to Sarah's three children. Yeah, I know that's I, a big I, question. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know what? It's an important one because I think there's a lot of fear around, uh, you know, if you were a parent and what it is to date and what that's going to look like. And I am, I, I didn't really come into that situation thinking through all the scenarios, but Shane is one of those people that thinks through all the scenarios. So uh, he, he very much understood how important secondary relationships could be for children. And he took that very seriously. So at the point that we really were dating, he actually didn't just date me. He dated the kids independently as well. And so I really didn't have a choice to be a parent or not at any point. At any point in our relationship, the kids who were a lot younger at the time were such a huge part of my life. And so he really had to come and meet us there. But instead of like meeting and dating me as a as a parent and as like a, a mother with all these three kids, he dated me and he dated Maya and he dated Gemma and he dated Bowden. Oh. So he was in individual relationships with all of us. And that I think to this day, I don't, uh, th yes, they are my kids. And I think that we have that like differentiating factor with our family dynamic and our home dynamic and the way that she, the kids all are with their now baby sister, they are siblings. We are family. There's not, we don't really throw around like step kid or step parent or step sister. Like we are very much like this is family and family looks different for everyone. And this is ours. And so we don't really get caught up too much on all these things. But as parents, I think Shane has only known me as one. And to be honest, I was a parent at 21. I only know myself as one. So mm. they're just, uh, it's just a big extension of who I am, which I'm so grateful that he got to know. Seeing him do that, it must have just no. made your heart overflow. Yeah. I mean, it was nerve wracking too, because again, I was terrified of dating and getting married. So I really the idea of my kids falling in love with somebody just added up the stress of what if this doesn't work out? But Shane at one point stopped me when I was putting them to bed and like shared with me that he had fallen in love with the kids. I get so emotional about this. Oh. Um, he told me that he had fallen in love with them and that if anything were to ever happen in our relationship and I was okay with it, he would love to continue on a relationship with them and be there 
for them forever. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have that pressure on me anymore that I had to make this work for their sake. I knew that he was independently in these great relationships with them and this great relationship with me that as our relationship has grown, I have felt so much confidence in him. And it's just been honestly so lovely to see your husband fall in love with your children and your children fall in love with like your husband. Like it's just, they have such a special, they have such a special, special relationship that is independent of me. And that is, that is the best because I, otherwise at the beginning, it felt like if they did something bad or wrong, I'd be like, I felt like it was me who did something that was so embarrassing or like, oh my gosh, like he's not going to want to be with me, but he just got to know them on a different level. So he did what all, all parents do, which is like meet them where they're at. Right. And kind of came alongside them. And so that was, that was really, really great. I don't really know what he would think as me as a parent, <laughs> like how that was for you dating a mom. I was the first mom yeah. to date it. Yeah. And how did so- you, how did you learn to be such a good father. I I feel like Sarah obviously helped a lot. Um, One of the things she said early on was that, you know, nobody really knows how to be a good parent. You just kind of figure it out as you go along. I just came a little bit later. Right. So, um, you know, it, it immediately was surprising to me that you could connect with a, a kid that way. Like I didn't, I didn't really know that you could like love a kid. Right. Like, that quickly and and it was it was interesting but what I did a lot of reading about you know dating um a mother and and the impact it can have on on the children and one of the things I read that stuck with me was it's not um the thing that typically traumatizes children isn't that you know their parents divorced but it's the subsequent relationships that you know, when, they, when, when there's a breakup that, that really affects them because they, they start to feel like they're constantly being left behind. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was what, that was really where I said, you know, um, if, if anything ever happens between us, I have to continue to be in their life. Like it, I, you know, you can't let them feel like, like they're being left over and over again. Right. right. Um, but it was interesting because when, when Lemmy was born, you know, people were, were saying, oh, you're finally a dad, you're finally a dad. And I, I kind of made me angry, right? Like, no, I'm not finally a dad. I've been a dad. I'm finally a dad to a baby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is like the first, I'm, I'm going through the first five years for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've already, I've already seen everything else, right? Like I've, he's I've, cleaned I've up the it. puke. He's, he's done the parks. He did more than I would be like, I can't do this. And he'd be like, all right. Like he, there was no like me or him when it came to parenting. It wasn't like he like uh, left me to do all the mom work while he sat on the side and waited with a glass of wine. Like, no, he was in it, like truly cleaning up the puke. Mm-hmm. Once in a hotel room, that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. <laughs> was it a nice yeah. hotel? No. No. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Good. Thank goodness. It was a little bit less nice when we left. More vomiting. Yeah. All right. It's now time for the Dear Shandy Newlyweds game. Yay! We first, before we get to the game, mm-hmm. have to talk about how insanely quick and efficient these Incredible. two Incredible. We agreed it was record-breaking. Record-breaking. They were either amazing or awful. <laughs> well, we'll find out. I'm going to make a big prediction here. I'm going to predict... Oh, Andy likes to predict what the score yeah, will be. I'm going to predict 
five to four, Shane. Ooh. I'm going to predict a, a sweep. So you think Shane's going to beat Sarah? Five to four. I mean, that's a honorable loss. Sarah, how does that make you feel? I mean, most, a lot of people don't even get one answer, right? I, yeah, I feel like we're not going to get into the fives. Yeah, I don't think we're, I don't think we're, if we get three, I'll be really surprised because the problem is we have multiple answers. And we talk a lot, a lot about a lot, a lot of, of like this stuff and the answers change all situation. the time. We're always changing, especially the superpower one. We just had this conversation, but I've changed my answer like five times in my head since we asked this question. Oh. So I don't even know. Okay. Okay. Oh. I'm revising. Oh. Four to three, Shane. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I like how chill they are, though. And for what it's worth, the lowest score ever gotten was zero. And the highest ever is five and only two people ever. So you guys are. Yeah. (laughs) You guys seem very confident about the music one. Okay, so we'll get going. We'll start with Shane. We'll start with you. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? That's the dumbest answer you could have given. Night hearing. Night hearing? What? See, I told you, everything is a joke to him. Night hearing's not even real. We've talked about it. It is real. It's the most real one. It actually is. Wait, I I think I need a little more information. Is it to hear night animals? It's like night vision, but hearing. (laughs) (laughs) But what what do you feel like you're missing out on currently with your human hearing at night? Like, what do you want to hear that you can't hear? I I feel like I've chosen this and and I was granted it. Wait, so you now have night hearing? Are you claim that you have a superpower right now? I have night hearing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very curious to know what you hear with night hearing that the average person doesn't hear. And also, I'd like to just preface this with the fact that at night, you can hear better because your other senses are diminished. Thank you for believing me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I feel like I don't have any answers still, but we'll find out if Sarah got that right. Sarah, no, what? I said flying, oh, like a normal, like a normal. That is person. that is a normal person answer. Well, he screwed you, Sarah, because you are zero so far. If all of his answers are jokes, I'm going to be so mad. This is yeah, this this is hostility. This is passive aggressiveness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he might be sabotaging you right yeah, now. This Sarah, is sabotage. You're not allowed to sabotage, yeah. but we should have we, we didn't tell him that. Oh, it totally happens. That's what Tasha did to Dave. But that's true. You are allowed to sabotage. Sorry. Sarah, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Okay. I wrote reading minds, but I meant time travel, but I'm, I'm going to just honor the game and I'm going to say reading minds. Okay. But okay. You meant time travel. Let's see what he says. Ooh. Oh, wait, did he see, wait, did he see the answer? Did you have a moment to discuss this? No, no, no. I, I genuinely no. wrote down reading minds. So I'm honoring the game, but what I meant to say was time travel, and he would have been correct. Uh, but I'd rather be honest truth. But maybe he should be penalized for, for his, his joke, joke answer. answer. Yeah. You but, know, I mean, that's really the answer I give every time someone asks me <laughs> what superpower I would want. Oh, so he's consistent. He's consistent. So it kind of is an inception level answer because she should know. That his yeah. answer is a joke answer. Therefore, because yes, he's consistent in his answer. But I also feel point. like she, you know, when you're in the moment and you're writing down answer, maybe you guys should have been less quick. Maybe yeah. she would have written down time travel. Right. Okay. We're going to put a question mark on that one. You maybe have a point five, And if there's another one of these, you're going to get a point. Yeah, Shane. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, all right. Still zero, zero technically though. I know you guys really care. Okay. Shane, what is your biggest peeve? The silence tea. 
<laughs> what? What'd you say? Garbage in the way. Well, that's i think he was thinking more globally but but that is true now you want a different space of that i i went like life yeah yeah Yeah. that is my biggest household pet peeve oh sarah i'm sorry (laughs) in the newlywed game you can be right and you can be wrong yeah Yeah. how about you sarah what was your biggest peeve i i always say socks on the the floor so i just put laundry on the floor okay that's a good one for you you people (laughs) wait wait what did sorry i didn't catch that can you show it again mean people mean mean people (laughs) i love how she was like daily household peeves and he's like he was going with humanity what's wrong with humanity thinking global generally bothers you yeah and i respect all of those answers but sorry guys (laughs) zero to zero at least you're tied okay question number three shane it's your last meal on earth what do you order lasagna okay it's good lasagna covers all the bases oh she got it very good very good Okay. Cool. Did you get mine? Mm, it's a top of the food. Okay, Sarah. Let's see yours first. What do you? What would you order? Lobster. Lobster. That is steamed. It is sort of from the sea. How's the lobster prepared? Is it raw? I just want like a lobster. Like, like a, a lobster. lobster. Like a- like he wrote sushi. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> it. Wow. very lightly cooked. <laughs> it's seafood. I mean, <laughs> we're close. Yeah, close. Not close no, enough. Not close enough. Oh, no, Sarah's no, pulling good. ahead now with Shane's mm. lasagna. Oh, Shane, I'm sorry. Question number four, Shane. If you could only listen to one musician, band, or composer for the rest of your life, who would it be? Motorhead. Motorhead. Nice. Okay. All right, Sarah, did you get that? It's old school. <laughs> Motorhead. Oh, nice. very good. Very good. Our cat's name is Motorhead. And our dog's name is Motorhead. We literally named a child after <laughs> <laughs> so, so, That let's... may be the best cat name I've ever heard. <laughs> Sarah, how about you? They steal that one day. Brittany. Excellent. Nice. Okay, Shane, did you get that? Yeah. Brittany. Okay, excellent. excellent. Okay, so we're going. Dolly, but he got it right. I love it's just the one name. Love it. Okay. Question number five, Shane. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Popo. Oh, a police oh. officer. Okay. Popo. Sarah, did you get that? The town chef. Oh. <laughs> As he told me growing up, he was either going to be in computers or be a chef. And he went into computers. So I just assumed that meant he didn't get to live his dream of being a chef. Yeah. I mean, in high school, I wanted to be a chef. But when I was a kid... I wanted to be a policeman. Oh, you wanted to be respectable. A, a I mean, there is a authority. difference. Yes. High school, you're basically an adult. I mean, yeah, it's funny when you're a kid. It's funny. Like, I feel like firefighter, policeman. Yeah, you want to be the basic things you see in the. Could be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doctor. Yeah. yeah. Basic things. Sarah, how about you? When you were a child, what did you want to be? There was like two things that I simultaneously wanted to be, so I wrote both of them: actress or secretary. <laughs> 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 I find that answer I, hilarious. Secretaries used to be like I, so luxurious and amazing, and I just thought they were no, so cool. It's true, and yeah. they were so stylish, and yeah, secretaries were bomb. They didn't seem that stressed out. No, no. I feel like I covered both your answers with mine. Okay, let's see. What did you put? I put fashion something. 
Um, Remember when you were so impressed by how fast? <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, you know, I was really hoping that was going to be closer because then we would give you the other half of your point, and then it would be two two, and then we'd have yeah. a tiebreaker. No. And you really like, I commend your like salesman pitch on that. Yeah, yeah, that was impressive. That yeah. was the most impressive. Uh, oh, totally. Part. I was like, oh, he got it. Yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, fashion something definitely. <laughs> no, sorry. Not worth points. If sorry. you asked us like questions like, how long does it take? for the other person to poop we probably have that one we could do we haven't really talked about what we we, wanted to be as children when we grew up (laughs) it is that is Is it is it is it what is what is what is the difference i know that i know what kind of foods give you heartburn i know what um style of shoe he likes Mm. i know the real proper stuff what's the what's the time differential in pooping Shane's about 10 minutes and I'm about 30 seconds because oh I nice. have things to do and Shane clearly doesn't. He has a lot of time. He doesn't believe in pushing out of poop. He's letting it just present itself. He enjoys the experience. He has poop privilege that I don't have. I've never had poop privilege. I've always had to work to poop and he just gets to have the luxury of letting it just slide. Okay, you are the Andy, by the way, in our relationship, because Andy disappears first thing in the morning and reappears within 30 seconds. It's about 30 seconds. Yeah. Fantastic. That is efficient pooping. I would hire you on my poop squad. Sarah, two to one, you are the winner of the Dear Shandy Newlyweds game. Yay. Congratulations. You guys were such delightful guests. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having us. Have a great night. Bye bye. You too. Ah. Okay, they were delightful. Yeah, you know it's funny. He struggled to answer the "how do we compliment each other" question, but I actually feel that the entire love fest was an example of how they compliment each other. Totally, we saw it without them telling. Yeah, like he was sort of the strong, silent type. He's. Yeah. It kind of felt like you know she even said like he grounds her. It almost felt like he is the rudder there, and she is, you know, the forward-facing one. She can verbalize everything so articulately. Oh my god. Yeah. He's definitely the keel. Yeah. yeah. The Wait, steady. did I use the wrong thing? I said rudder. Yeah, you said rudder, but I knew you meant... Which is a rudder? A rudder is the thing, I believe, that you like steer the boat with. Okay. I think he's more of the keel that Wait. keeps the boat upright from like falling over and, oh. and, and sinking. I, I meant keel. <laughs> I knew. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to, to... I love it when you meet someone who's Instagram... You know, her Instagram is just so powerful and moving and she's such a good writer. Mm-hmm. It's cool when you meet someone and you realize that's actually who they are. Totally. It's like she speaks that way. Like it, it yeah, is I hate to say this, process. but I kind of feel like being Canadian is part of that. <laughs> Canadians. Do we want to address the elephant in the room right now? I think we have to. Canadian couple. You get what you see. High you see quality what you get. people. Not that I'm biased. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> There was an answer that she gave, oh, yeah, about an early hurdle with her eating disorder and her body image issues and just how she felt he made her feel so beautiful no matter what. Like, he never made it about her outward beauty. He would tell her she looked beautiful. whether And positive reinforcement. He was saying, like, I really love getting a drink with you. I really love getting dinner with you. Yeah. How nice is that? That's great. That made me cry a bit. Where did he learn how to be so good? 
Canadian. <laughs> Canadian again. We're just going to default to Canadian. <laughs> it wasn't as much of a theme in our conversation as I actually had intended for it to be because they're from, I mean, Guelph is, I don't know. I've been to Guelph. Guelph it's like a, I feel a kinship. We'll put it that way. No. I know Sarah's lived in Ottawa where I'm from. And I just think there's just sort of a, yeah. like, That's... yeah, I know Canadians are Canadians, but like they're not from BC is my point. I get it. They're real Canadians. <laughs> Oh, you're saying BC is not real Canadian. <laughs> I just mean sometimes I'll talk to someone from BC and I'll be like, I well, it's s- far away. There's a slight, you know what it is. Some of them might say Sean instead of Sean. The occasional, Ooh. the occasional Ooh. BC. So Canadian. they've been Americanized. I don't know what it is. I feel like BC people are a little more West Coast, like American. There's like a little bit of the California, Oregon, Washington bled into I just BC. realized that I did not take this opportunity to make sure that we all said Sean. Yesterday, oh. the sun shone brightly. No, that's no one says that. They, the, it would have been three against one, and I missed this opportunity, and mm-hmm. I'm so mad at myself. I don't know. Yeah. You know, this was the first couple we've ever had where they were both divorced. They both met after their divorces, and his answer was was not what I expected. I was trying to like figure him out because he is such a strong, silent type. Like when he said, "I didn't want to bring in the negative emotions," I was like, "Are you?" Like, are you a pessimist? Are you an optimist? Like, are like I was trying to figure out whether that went against his, you know, what he would normally do. We'll put yeah. it that way. But I, I overall, I'm thinking maybe surprisingly optimistic. I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, what a beautiful story. And they met at work. How cute and serendipitous. Everything's cute. Everything is cute about their story. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with meeting on Tinder, but I mean, this was a cute nothing story. Wrong with it, but yeah. If you enjoyed Fast. what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Leave us Apple and Spotify ratings and reviews, and generally do all the things that you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. Nice, Andy. Thank you. Really came through. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye. Dear Shandy.